Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Slasher Scotty. I am your host, Scotty McCoy, and boy, do I have a surprise for you. I have on Zoom with me right now Lee Ehrenberg, and he played Grumpy and Leroy in Once Upon a Time. Hey, Lee, how you doing? What's up, my man? What's up, Slash? How you doing, kiddo? I'm doing good. I'm so glad to have you on. I'm so glad we could set this up. This is yeah, exciting. Man. Well, I mean, you know, you snuck it in towards the end of the pandemic. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So the first question I got for you is, uh, how did you get your start into acting? Uh, You know, I really, I found it when I was in school. I just, you know, when I was a kid, I liked doing the, you know, the school theater stuff. And uh, basically that's my start, you know, although I didn't, you know, then I went and pursued theater. I studied it in college as well. So kind of just, it was kind of like my sport. Nice. You know what I mean? That's kind of how I found it. Um, Awesome. I I wish there was a better story to it, but I mean, I kind (laughs) of, good schools, good teachers, uh, learning to read and, uh, you know, a good, a good imagination will do it. Right. And once you get hit by the bit by the bug, you're, you're stuck in, right? (laughs) Uh, yeah. I mean, really there's easier pathways in life. Uh, but if you, if you got to do it, you got to do it, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So next question isn't about once upon a time, but I am a huge Seinfeld fan as is my dad. Um, so what was it like working on Seinfeld as Mike? Oh my God. Well, I mean, first of all, we got to know this about Seinfeld. They let the guest star be funny. (laughs) They write funny stuff uh, for the guest. Right. And a lot of times on sitcom, you might get some funny stuff, but you're not going to get the funny stuff. Right. Seinfeld let the funny stuff go wherever it had to go for the story. Mm -hmm. So Mike Moffat got to be crazy and yell at Kramer and say, call Jerry a phony. Right. All that stuff that's legendary. So kudos. A lot of the secret to great TV and especially great comedy is going to come down to great writing. And, you know, just um, also. You know, I got to give props to Jerry, Larry David, Larry Charles, uh, the Brain Trust, you know, behind it. Uh, talented cats. Absolutely. I mean, Why it's still funny, though, right? I mean, it's right. still funny almost 30 years later. We're yes. still laughing at jokes, you know, because it's well written about the human, about our human condition. Right. So we can all relate to these, to our lives through the lives of these New Yorkers in Absolutely. the 90s. Absolutely. And it really was a show about quote unquote, nothing. Like it was everything and everything that happens in real life, pretty much. Yeah. So it was sort of a show about everything. Right. (laughs) Right. I mean, that you just never know one, one week is a muffin top. Another week it's uh, you know, who knows what it is. A guy fighting in the parking place. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, if you think about it, they're the most messed up characters. It's why they end up in jail at the end. Right. Yeah, you know, because all the crazy characters who we think are crazy from Mr. Pitt to right. the Yankee people, they come out and represent the establishment. They're just as nutty as the Seinfeld characters, but at the end they're the ones there to convict them. Absolutely. Yeah. So, are you uh are you a, a head first parker? <laughs> I'll park whatever way I have to, you know. I'd rather back my way in truly, but uh, you know, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> got enough room baby Go in front, <laughs> absolutely so regarding once upon a time what was your audition like for that you know what my audition on for once was like just like a, a pretty regular audition 
right. going and read and they record it and you hope you get lucky. I mean, right. it was, it was a lucky break though, that I don't think there were that many people that, you know, they were looking at for that part. I, I loved right. playing that part. That, that was great. And I absolutely love Grumpy. And of course your yeah. counterpart, Leroy, like just the, the scream when the curse, the curse is here. It's here. Oh, totally. You know, he was the town crier. Yeah. Um, he was like best friends. He was like the uncle. I mean, it was really a perfect, they really nailed that show, yeah. you know, in terms of who, especially who we would be in the, in the fairy tale world and then mm -hmm. who we were in Storybrooke. Absolutely. You know, and uh, the way that town sort of functioned. Yeah, uh, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a brilliant. Yeah, I miss it. I miss it, bro. But, you know, like on to the next, like that's, that's part of the, the deal of the yeah. actor thing. We're like, a, we're, uh, we're vagabonds. Yeah. We're nomads. You know, we, we, we form a family for seven years and then we split up, we split up and we see each other, you know, online or at conventions or occasionally, you know, throughout Absolutely. life. Yeah, oh, and I, uh, right, and I know that um that like it was on Netflix for uh, up until like I believe August or something of last year, and then uh, they took it off, of course, because it went over to Disney Plus. Right. I simply got Disney Plus only because of Once Upon a Time. Like I literally watched that show from start to finish, from season one, episode one, to all the way to the end of season seven. Um, now it would vary depending on the later seasons, but at, all the way up at least till the end of season five. I watched every single episode um, <laughs> at least 13 to 14 times through. Dude, That's what I just counted. You're a, you're a freaking super fan, bud. <laughs> I absolutely love the show. And um, I'm, I'm, I told you uh, earlier before we started recording that I'm going to be telling you a story then of Lana Perea and uh, how she really influenced my life. Um, which I told her at the convention, I literally like saved up for months and months at my job. I like, and I like, basically went broke just going trying to go meet her like i just i like it was a big influence she was a big influence of it and uh she's a big part of the show and uh and i even love like for example when you go like at the end of it when you bow down to her because it's like you know you finally accept her as your queen it's yeah it's come full circle you know absolutely. um absolutely right i am absolutely. I'm just waiting on this delivery, so just please forgive me as I'm going. <laughs> Not a problem. You'll have to edit it out. It's real life, though. You know, that's the yeah. thing. Like, uh, you know, now we're doing these Zoom things from home. We're yeah. kind of waiting. Like, I'm half vaxxed. I'm ready to. I'm ready back to engage the soccer. Get back. I know. Absolutely. Like I, I work for the U.S. Coast Guard and I work from home. Uh, I'm the senior developer, their senior web developer, and I work from home because of uh, the pandemic. And I've been working from home for over a year now. And that, like, it, it benefits me for my interviews because I'm able to do my interviews, you know, at three o'clock because usually I work till three, but now I work till two because of the pandemic. So I start an hour early and end an hour earlier, but I can do the interviews now at, uh, at three o'clock exactly. Like if I work till three, then I, you know, until I get home with rush hour and everything and oh my gosh, all that yeah. stuff like I I can't do the interviews until like five o'clock eastern time it's ridiculous mm -hmm. but yeah but you know it, it is what it is but like at yeah. noon like say on the west coast where I'm at like stuff's still happening yeah still right exactly. in the middle of the work day you know exactly. exactly and there's a lot of a lot of celebrity guests that I have that uh that they can do it at you know noon but sometimes they'll tell me that like hey can we push back later in the day I got an audition that came up or they'll tell me a day before hey an audition came up because and obviously it's noon over in the on the pacific side of things 
over on the yeah. West Coast. So that's the way it works. I mean, the, the time zones really mess things up sometimes, but we always find a way to make it happen. That's, you know, the key is overcoming. You, gotta, you work for the Coast Guard. So the key yeah. is, you know, improvising, adapting, and overcoming, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, you got to do it. You got to be uh, functional. You know. Absolutely. So next question I got for you is, uh, what was the best part about filming Once Upon a Time and what was the worst? I mean, I guess the best part is always going to be the people, the great people, like as you've just told about just Lana, but every, every single person on that show was so much fun. Uh, and I would say that sense of family, that was what we were bringing to, as, a, as the message of the show, of love and hope and family. Uh, we actually found that in each other as the actors on the show and, and, the, and the crew. So that was definitely the best of it. I miss those people. I miss being up in Canada. It was real neat, beautiful Vancouver. Uh, the worst part? I mean, the hardest part's always leaving home. Yeah. And not being here and missing stuff at home. Um, yeah, maybe dealing. Sometimes it was a little chilly or wet or whatever, and right. it was late night or you couldn't get great cell service. I mean, real, real champagne problems, but you know, <laughs> I know, right? But hey. territory, right? I mean, there is a sense of, uh, you know, you kind of have to drop a lot of things and go when they say go, right? In the business, and that's that's probably the downside of it at times. Um, but the benefits outweigh the negatives for sure. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, many, so, many more, more positives than negatives out of the experience. Right. So, for example, when, you know, the evil queen threw Grumpy across the room, how was that all done? Well, she did it a few times. I mean, sometimes there were times when she just, like, would go like that, and I would yeah. just throw myself back. You know okay. what I mean? Um, then there was another times when I was Vadered, and she got me by the neck doing the full Vader thing. Where I might be on a bit of a rig and they're like pulling yeah. me up into the air and holding me like that. Um, nice. Yeah, it's a mix of practical effects and uh, acting, physical, uh, doing physical work, okay. um, and the way they edit it. Mm -hmm. Occasionally, it's going to be a visual effect, right. like a smoke thing, or she'll, you know, she zaps you with something. Um, but most of the time, you just fake it and they kind of edit it around it, fix it nice. around it. It's amazing what you can do with post-production editing, really. Like, you're oh, really for sure. And, you know, and just the way they shoot it, right? And the way they, mm -hmm. the screen direction and they cut, and then you're yeah. over here, yeah, right? Absolutely. It's, it's and really the mind, the mind of the, of the audience, too. It's how, yes. how they tell the story. A lot of it is, if, if I suddenly cut to my eyes and you think I'm hitting something, but you're only seeing my eyes up, right? right? And you hear yes. a sound effect, Absolutely. Tell a story. It's a storytelling business there, Slash. Well, you know, we're, we're here to tell stories, right? Absolutely. So next question I got for you is uh, from your own personal opinion, which season of Once Upon a Time is your favorite and why? Well, I, I've, I'm a big, my favorite's the first season. Mm -hmm. Just because it was new, it was fresh, it was really exciting. Um, and I think that was... Yeah, and then because constantly getting my own mind blown by the story and where we were going and what we were doing. So, hey, hang on. All right, so let's cut right there for a sec. All, All right, we... sounds good. Here we go. All righty. We're back. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> That's my cue of where I can put in the uh, the transition effect and, you know, do the cut from the end and, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> you're tell you got to tell your story too, like we were talking about, right? Absolutely. So. Um, so I'll tell it right after this next part of the question. Uh, what what season did you think was not the best? Like, what was the worst season in your opinion? Oh, I mean, I don't think there was one that was the worst. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I don't think. I mean, like you, they're all they're all different in their own way, yeah. and there was all cool stuff in each one. Yeah. So. I don't know. I mean, I don't think that's really a fair question to say what's the worst. True. Um, good point. I mean, just for me, for my experience, yeah. the last season, I wish I was in it more. Yes. I, it was I, in Seattle. I mean, but I'm not going to say it was the worst season or anything, but that's right. like, you know, you personalize stuff and you go like, yeah, there was less me. I don't like that. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but I actually really enjoyed a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Um, and It was uh, totally and, different. I like it. And you know, yeah. that all that, I, I love what Jared got to do and yeah. Andy West being on the show he was a great guy. Yeah. So for me that it was great, you know, and, and yeah. we're all along for the ride where the writers want to go. They're the boss. And so, you know, I was, I was willing to go wherever they went, you know, yeah. and participate in any way. And that's, that's kind of the thing. It's a team sport. Mm -hmm. Very much, you know, acting and, and, and is a very much, it's an individual pursuit, but the, the sport itself is team sport. You're very rarely in a one-person show where you're doing Absolutely. the lighting, the costuming, publicity, yeah. you know, uh, sweeping the theater. It's rare that you're doing all that. Absolutely. Right? So there's a team effort. Absolutely. I completely agree. I have a, I have a small uh, indie uh, production company. We just start, opened our casting call for our uh, next, our second full feature film. And uh, I wouldn't be able to do it myself if it wasn't for my executive team. Like while I'm, you know, on my lunch break or while I'm taking little breaks here and there from work, like I'm texting my, you know, executive team, like, uh, did you do this today? Did you do that today? Um, do you need me to do this today? Like, you know, kind of like, you know, it's, like you said, it's a team effort. Like you can, you know, really create, a, you can do a one person show and you can do it all by yourself, but it's like you said, a team effort for the most part, you're going to, you're going to have that family environment. You're going to have that help. You're going to have each person that brings their own specialties to the mix. Right. Yeah. So I'll tell you my, uh, my story quick. Um, so my dad um, in September of 2016 was diagnosed with uh, stage four brain cancer. And they gave him a year and a half to survive it. Um, he had to get emergency brain surgery. Um, he had to eat. And then uh, after that, he had a stroke and they gave him 24 hours to live. Um, he, it was the longest 24 hours of my life. Um, and they did an MRI. They were going to do another brain operation, all of that on him. And uh, thankfully, um, like he survived it, of course. And they gave, then after that and everything, they gave him a year and a half to live. But he's uh, this September will be five years. He's still still going but uh but what got me through my dad getting diagnosed through the brain surgery and everything is i was walking i was like in through my i think it was my third time maybe watching once upon a time on netflix um and at the time i think they i think it was only up to like season five or something or of sort of something like that and um i was actually at actually no it was my first time watching it through because um because season five uh, was uh, where it ended. And that's around the time that Lana Perea started becoming, you know, good. You know what I mean? Like she was, she was getting her second chance at 
what you would say life like you know she would get her second chance being you know with her son and all that okay. so i was thinking like because me and my dad just had a fight before his diagnosis and i was getting brain surgery and all that i thought i was watching the show and lana gave me hope that my dad's gonna have that second chance at a life where me and him can you know you know i could say i'm sorry for that little fight we had no matter how little it is it was like i couldn't say i'm sorry at before it and all that so like i really like she gave me this uh this will to like move on and, and believe in and have hope that my dad's gonna actually you know get through all this and let alone he did and uh it was it was funny because uh because um this was in 2016 yes and uh, I met her at the convention um, the next year. And I watched Once Upon a Time multiple times over the course of, at that time. And uh, I, uh, I I spent a lot of money just so I could meet Lana. Even at the, uh, at the uh, auction that they were having, I spent, I think it was like $500 just on like that long, you know, thing of hers so I can get another autographed ticket just so she can autograph my dad, the book I wrote about my dad twice and be the only autograph on the front of the cover of it and uh and all that and so i could be near the front of the line and everything and i was i met her at the i obviously i got my uh i, I did the photo shoot and i told her at the photo shoot um really quickly because it was a quick thing um but i said i wanted you to be the first to know that my dad just had his mri yesterday we didn't even tell family and he is and whatever the uh i think it was like his it was it was like his second year or first year something like that um he was cancer free um right. And I wanted her to be the first to know this. Like we didn't even tell my family at the time. And she was like so happy to hear that. And then the net, then later that day, we ended up having um, the, the autograph session and that. And I wanted to tell her the story. I said, I'll be quick. Cause I know you have a lot of people. She's like, you spend, spent your money to meet me. Tell me what you got to tell me. Don't, don't, don't rush it. I'm like, thank you for that. And I told her the whole story. I told her how she, she helped me and everything like that. And she was starting to cry and she uh, she screams out, does anybody have a freaking Kleenex? <laughs> right, so uh, so I told her the story and everything like that. And she autographed the book and I showed her the picture that we had, we got together and we did the hug pose. And uh, she uh, ended up looking at the, uh, she ended up taking a picture of my book and she took a picture of the picture of us together. And she put a picture, the picture of us together on her Instagram story and had Good. the text on this man with three exclamation points. And uh, she put that on her story and I, ha I still have that saved. And uh, I, I was getting ready to leave. And right when I was getting ready to leave, she goes, where are you going? I'm like, I'm, I told you my story and everything. There's a lot of people behind. She goes, you can't tell me that story and not get a hug. So she got up and gave me a hug. Uh, and like, I, I, I'm, I, I'm very Go ahead. I'd love her too. I mean, that doesn't surprise me that she's yeah. just, she's a genuine person, you know, yeah. and your story is a great story. Yeah. And it, uh, I mean, I'm a dad mm -hmm. I, and, and, you know, I had a dad. Fathers mm -hmm. and sons are always interesting stuff, interesting relationships, yeah. you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, good for you that you're able to work on it and that yeah. Lana, and, you know, brought you some, mm -hmm. I mean, she's, she, she represents love to me. Yeah. Like, uh, like I always say, I'm the, I was the first evil regal, you know, right. I was on her fan club before you guys even saw the show. So <laughs> welcome to the club, buddy. Absolutely. And my, and my dad, <laughs> and my dad goes, he was like, why would you classify me with an evil queen? And I said, because if you watch the show as it goes on, like she gets her, she gets her second chance. She gets redemption. She gets she a does. redemption. 
and and that's and that's where you know she had hope that she would you know mend things with her son and you know do all this that and the other and I that was the hope that you would have your second chance at life and that this tumor would and this cancer would not be the end of you and he's yeah. still doing amazing now to this day. How like, old your dad? He is 57, 58. He has uh, what's called glioblastoma. I don't know if you ever heard of it. It's a uh, it's a very it's a rare, uh, very aggressive brain tumor. So he has to wear an Optune device, which is uh, like uh, it's um a, uh, it's like a device he puts on his head, and he has to have like this battery pack with him at all times. He has to wear eighteen hours minimum a day, and it whenever the cancer cells in his brain literally like starts to divide uh, this, the 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 uh, radiation radio whatever it is, radiation waves or whatever from the device will zap the cancer cells and literally kill them before they can grow a another tumor in his brain. Which it's, it's a very interesting technology, but That's wild, dude. Yeah, That's it really wild. is. That and is then wild. on top of that, he gets immunotherapy and all that, but it's, huh. it's What's his, his name? Your his dad? name is Scott McCoy, the same as mine. I go by Scotty, but his, yep, Scott McCoy. Uh, send my best to Scott, to the old I man. I definitely yeah. will. My dad's a fan of yours, especially from Seinfeld. We both, that was our thing as a kid when I was growing up all the way to this day. Like I live now three hours away from him, but, but uh, I go home most weekends. So Where are you like, in Connecticut? I'm in uh, Maryland and they oh, are in, uh, they're in Pennsylvania. So they're in Northeastern oh, no. Pennsylvania. So I, uh, I uh, drive home most weekends. I go home and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll drive three hours there on a Friday at, either before I start work at like, I'll leave at like two, three in the morning and I'll, or I'll end up uh, going after work. I work till 11 on Fridays. That's my short day because um, I work eight and a half the rest. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I'll drive home and then I'll stay until Sunday morning and I'll come back Sunday morning. I'll drive another three hours and I do it just to spend time with my dad, watch Seinfeld. And he, yep. And he always laughs at your, like your scenes, like even like when you're saying about, uh, about, boy, that Michael Jordan's so phony, you know, just stuff like that. And like the parking space. Thanks, man. I, yeah. I'm like, dad, do they really kill somebody in, in New York for a parking space? Like they will, they kill people for less. <laughs> Anybody can kill people for less. Like people kill people for less. So yeah, people will kill for a parking flip spot. That over. I mean, I, there was one video somebody sent me about some people flipping over a parking spot just recently. <laughs> and they sort of flip in, and then the guy does a U-turn. He ends up driving through the bakery. See if you can oh find God. that. That's that to look that up. And he just go, he just he tries to get it, and this guy steps aside, and the guy just drives right. It, uh, the bakery had just opened. Oh, I did in. see that. I did see that. Oh my God, that that was crazy. I think my uh -huh. I think it was that my dad mentioned it to me, or I mentioned it to him. I'm like, doesn't that remind you of the whole George Mike fiasco? He sent me that. Yeah, some Seinfeld people like, I was like, yeah, they're uh. that's crazy. Oh my God, life <laughs> life is crazy enough, you know, bro. It's just like, it really is. And 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 so that's the beautiful thing, like to find the laughter. Yeah, that's kind of like a really important thing of why I say actors are important because you know at the end of the day like doing it for the coast guard probably helps a lot more people than yeah. like being on a sitcom yeah but when you need to be entertained because you're driving three hours to be with your dad who's got a serious brain tumor right yep. when you need a laugh 
when you need a hug, when you get the opportunity to meet someone who inspires you because her storyline is something you can, you know what I mean? That's yeah. where this comes in, but you gotta put, you gotta put IT Coast Guard ahead. Yeah. You gotta put, I do, teachers, nurses. Right. I mean, I, the pandemic didn't teach me that, but you know, I knew that yeah. going into the pandemic. And maybe Absolutely. it taught it to other people, but yeah. you know, it is, uh, Because basically we are non-essential yep. in terms of like the daily function. But if yep. life without culture, without music, without storytelling, mm -hmm. it's, it's not it's not a fun place to be. Absolutely. Like we're, it, we're here it's depressing here about it. It's so it really, is. <laughs> it really is. I was so depressed when the pandemic started happening. And then I ended up starting like the Slash the Scotty YouTube channel. Now I've been doing interviews since 2016, 2017, but um, they were originally meant for a horror encyclopedia book I was doing, hence the name Slash the Scotty. I was just interviewing, you know, people from the, that were in that book, like the franchises that were in that book and interviewing them. But then I eventually expanded um, outside of horror recently with the pandemic to bring in like, you know, people that I admire and people that, you know, that of shows I admire and all that stuff. And, cool. you know, just to talk about it, especially the pandemic's a good time to do it because it gives people a distraction from, you know, the everyday life of what's going on. And then I ended up doing everything. You know, like my take is like, yeah, I think we did the pandemic. I think now it's all about like, for my mind, people should get mm -hmm. the vax. Yeah and let's get back to it and we need to vaccinate the rest of the world too so we can travel yeah, absolutely we're all vaccinated we gotta get them to like we need to get to the places that need help absolutely our extras yeah you know and we got to follow the science we gotta we gotta value our education absolutely we, there's there's a big mental health crisis in this country right now yeah there's a and there's a big educational crisis in this country absolutely. right absolutely these kids got screwed yep Yes, they did. They absolutely did. And I'm, yeah, I'm and big I, on education. I'm a former, I taught at, I taught for a couple semesters at my uh, alma mater college, Champlain College. I was an online professor and I taught programming there. And like, I mean, that was all done online. And I also went to that college as online um, out after I transferred from my on-campus place. And uh, I, I mean, I, it was hard enough for me doing it online not and not having an in-classroom environment and I chose to do that. Imagine students that aren't even in college, like not just college students, but like actual children that are, well, you know, the lack of broadband, seven. you know, in, in the lack of devices and the lack yes. of, you know, I mean, the, the, half the country's fine because there's the money to get the stuff. The families have it. And another half is under this poverty line where they don't have it. Absolutely. And it's not going to help anything to have like, I mean, I, I don't know. I think that is so anyway, if whatever the message can be going forward, but we need to fix, we need to, people need hugs. We need help. Yep, absolutely. And that's where <laughs> the more know, comedy is absolutely like, right. That's where people like yourself, you know, and Lana and all them come into play. And I, I see a lot of celebrities just going live and doing live concerts and live Q and A's with their fans. Yeah. I mean, just I think uh, absolutely. Well, the world, you know, we'll all be, It'd be fun to get back to a ball game, to go to a concert, mm -hmm. to go out to dinner, just Absolutely. to you know, go to a party, picnic. Yep. Yeah, I miss just going to the movie theaters. I'm really hoping oh, everything's going to be open by October. I want to see Halloween Kills. <laughs> <laughs> Next question I got for you um, is, uh, so 
would there be a uh, would there be a story that wasn't done on the show that you would have liked to see have been done? Well, I mean, I never think that much about it, to be right. honest with you. Uh, but I would like to see, like, I mean, for me, the ultimate mashup would have been some Marvel characters. That'd be nice. I would have liked to see maybe some Star Wars characters. That'd be cool too. I would have liked to seen Jack Sparrow. Yeah, Colin. Awesome. I mean, I think like that, but nice. I think those are also kind of silly. But at the same time, I really like. I personally really like the Frozen. I I, I love Frozen because I, I like the movie Frozen. I'm just yes. a, I'm, I'm a fan, so <laughs> like that one worked for me. I loved it. Uh, you know, so right now I would I would go there, but again, that's really shark jumpy and really like. Right. I mean, probably. I mean, maybe I would have done more musical episodes. Yeah. That was, that was really a good episode. That was that was one of my questions was what was it like and what was the choreography like with the musical? But before we get into that, I want to say that I think it would have been epic when you said Jack Sparrow, seeing a Captain Jack Sparrow versus a Captain Hook. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> so how, how was the musical episode like? Uh, what, was, what, what was the choreography like? Was that was it a lot of work doing that? And No. I mean, it was, I think we, cor we, uh, if I remember correctly, I think we did most of it on the day. Okay. And figured it out. I we might have rehearsed a little bit. I think mm -hmm. I don't think we had a dance call for that one. Nice. Um it was, you know, I mean, it was we pre-recorded the songs. Mm -hmm. Um and then it was then we kind of sang to the playback and yeah. uh so there wasn't the pressure of live performance of it. Absolutely. Um I just remember it being fun every day of that particular. I mean, I always had fun almost every day shooting. That's right. the real secret to the business is, you know, really yeah. enjoy it. Yes. It's, it's not that hard. Good, but like you gotta, you know, you wanna, you have to do the work and sometimes emotionally, depending on what you're doing, mm -hmm. uh, it may not be the most fun thing to be sitting in a sad state all day. Right. Right, but okay. it's your job. Um, but nine, you know, ninety percent of the of the time as an actor, you're <clears throat> able to check in where you need to check in, get get what you need emotionally out of it, and still enjoy your day by Absolutely. being social and connecting with the people you work with and, and you know around you. Absolutely. So, what do you prefer uh, working as a nice, you know, regular grumpy dwarf, or do you like being the evil grumpy? Oh, what was good, the most fun to play? Good grumpy. I like Leroy the best, actually. Yeah, I liked his because I liked his costumes. <laughs> I liked his jackets and I liked his yeah. hat and I liked the boots he wore. You know, what I mean, it was yes. I always felt that was a fun. I like my look as Leroy a lot. Yes. Um, and then you know, Grumpy the hero was fun uh, for sure. I mean, yeah. I, I definitely a good guy. He's definitely a good guy. Way better. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite episodes, I think, is the one is the Grumpy backstory um, when he was known as Dreamy, and uh, I really enjoyed that episode because, uh, especially like it was funny, like just the you know between you and uh, Jennifer Goodwin, you know, you guys had like amazing chemistry and had some pretty co funny comedy in there, like especially because you're attracted to this nun, and she's like, "Can you pick anybody less available?" I know. <laughs> it was just the way she said it. It always has me laughing, but it, it was one uh, of my favorite episodes. It was really well epic, done. Epic, epic human being. Epic. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the next question I got for you. Um, so after uh, the curse was broken in season one, um, 
we know that season two was uh, picked up, obviously, but did you uh, think that there would be a chance that it would survive with the curse already being broken? Or do you think that, you know, that they would have enough, uh, in, you know, information or enough like storytelling to actually create a, a great series? Because a lot of this people like season one because of, you know, Emma not believing it and then she's starting to believe it. You know what I mean? Like, do you think that, do you think that it could, it, it, like obviously they did it justice, but do you think that the, that it, they did it in a way? Did you think at the time like okay, this we, now that the curse is broken, we may not actually uh, you know continue this in the eight season, for example, seven oh. season. Did I? I never thought that one. Time. <laughs> not even for one second. Nice. And no, because because first of all. You know, I love Eddie and Adam and their mm -hmm. creativity is literally like they're, they're mad, like professors. Right. right. So I don't think we ever scratched what they, their, their imagination right. and the other writers on the show and ever. The thing, and the thing is with them, they, it's not like this was their first go around. I mean, Lost alone was, you know, iconic. Like, you know what I mean? Like. And Felicity and their whole thing. I mean, they've been. Yeah. They just, they're successful, smart cats, yeah. you know? And so I always say that the show is about these magical, you know, that we're the, these fairy tale characters that get cursed mm -hmm. in fairy tale. And then we're sent to this horrible place, modern day America. Yeah. With no knowledge that we're magical. Right. And then once we find out, we're trying to get home. Yeah. So, once the curse is broken, for me, the show just begins. Yeah. I, I was literally, when I finished, like, when I, once I finished season one and the yeah. curse was broken, I, I was like, I, I might have watched maybe like six episodes straight up till that, till just to finish season one. And, I'm, and I said, after, okay, after season one, I'm going to take maybe, you know, maybe a 10, maybe 15 minute break just so I can get something to eat, you know, get something to drink, whatever. And I went right into season two. I couldn't stop because I wanted yeah. to see what was going to happen. Yeah, of course. And that's it, why it, binge it, watching is fantastic and why TV is the, the thing now. Yeah. Because you can absolutely. keep, like a movie ends after two hours, but you now, now uh, yep. you can binge your f f friends for, well, 12 straight hours or more. Absolutely. And I, I was a late bloomer in the, going into Once Upon a Time. I started um, when I believe season five was about to start. They were promo heavily promoting the 100th episode. Yeah. I, the second half, so. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you something. That show probably picked up a lot of fans in pandemic, too. You know, yeah. that's the magic of these living in this world completely yes. on Disney Plus or on Hulu mm -hmm. or on uh, Netflix or whatever, right? Is yeah. The fan can catch up. I, I'm shows I missed. Yeah, absolutely. God, I'm like, oh man, I never, you know, I don't have that station. I'm gonna watch it now. There it is. Absolutely. Right? So there is there are there are pluses to that for sure. Absolutely. I know when I went to the convention in New Jersey, um, I was staying at a hotel maybe 15 minutes away, and I was like documenting my whole time because I knew this is the first one I was gonna attend. And I didn't know if it was gonna be the last because I believe the show was in its last season, so I didn't know if they were gonna have any more uh, conventions. So I was like documenting my whole time, and I was in line at the hotel breakfast, um, and this one girl and her mom was just looking at me and kind of smiling. And I'm thinking, are they thinking I'm a nutcase or something? Turns out they were at the same hotel for the convention. 
and uh, we became good friends, and I am still friends with them this day. We talk a lot on Facebook. We, uh, I text uh, um, the mom's daughter almost almost every day. Like it's really great, and we plan on actually meeting up again once the pandemic clears. Like actually, like clears where we're all vaccinated, and you know we can safely be together without the, right. the yeah. fear. And well, that. I mean the convention, so everything will come back to, you know, yeah. get enough people vaccinated, we're we're good yeah. to go. Absolutely. And I would absolutely love for another, like, oh, like I know Creation Entertainment said like the one, I think the one I was at, I think they said it was the last one or it might've been the one after that, but either way, like, I think it would be great if Creation Entertainment, you know, brings back, you know, reunion with Once Upon a Time. Possible. And it would be great if they did. I would definitely come back. I would obviously want to meet you again and uh, meet Lana and give you guys the update. Like, especially Lana, because I haven't spoken to her since the convention. So I would love to tell her, like, hey, you remember me, right? You have to remember my story. Um, And I'll show her the Instagram story if I have to. And I'll be like, well, just an update. My dad is still (laughs) cancer-free after all these years later. That would be awesome. Next question I got for you. Um, I only have a couple more left. Um, so uh, did you know that the uh, series um, would be going the way it did, utilizing different characters from Disney throughout? Or did you think it was just going to be like the same characters that were in from season one, even season two and all that? I knew they would keep bringing in new new characters from, I mean, from what I could tell from the start, that was the thing. Right. Uh and yeah, like I say, I mean, honestly, those scripts were always just as much fun for us to read as anybody else to watch. Right. Just you know, and it's it's healthy to have like uh, be excited about something like that. Yeah. And to give it give it the the energy that it needs, the support. Absolutely. Right. So their creativity was. I didn't. I didn't try ever to put any kind of limitation on what i thought they would do mm-hmm. i was just happy to be on the team you know what right. i mean yeah just and all I, number, I want to get in the game that's that's, my, that's who i am as an actor i yeah. i, I want to play i'll try stuff i've played a lot of different roles you know and uh i like trying to be on the team mm-hmm. absolutely and I, I honestly can't think of an episode of the show that i don't like I mean, I might have episodes that are my favorite or that I like better, but I enjoy every single episode. And that's how you know you have a talented cast, a talented crew, but more importantly, a talented writing team. Because it all goes to the writing team. Like, I mean, if the show fails or flops or whatever, like, I mean, it's the dialogue, the story, the creators, the writing team. Like, and like the writing team really was genuinely great. Like they had the material and they made it work. For sure. And like, even like the Frozen story, like the casting was amazing. Like you looked amazing as Grumpy, you know, Elsa looked amazing as Elsa, you know, like they literally look like the counterparts. Yeah, that's great. So next question I got for you. Um, so uh, we know that you're obviously Grumpy in the show or Leroy, um, but based on the fairy, pa- fairy tale counterparts of all seven dwarves, which one are you yourself most like personality wise? Grumpy. You're grumpy? <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't acting. I, know, I wasn't acting ever. That's know. awesome. <laughs> I'm so last question. I'm, I'm not that good. <laughs> I, it's not that good. 
<laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> so last question I got for you uh, is all about Lee in this one. Uh, any projects in the works that you'd like to tell the viewing and listening audience about or any websites and social media accounts you would like to promote? I mean, you can always find me under my name on, uh, you know, the gram or Twitter or whatever, Lee Ehrenberg. Um, I'm, I'm going to have some stuff to promote soon. I just got to get back to work here. Yeah. Uh, I've been doing a lot of Zoom theater and kind of just messing around, keeping myself busy, kind of waiting right. for everyone to go back to work. But uh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm due to land something, so stay tuned. Absolutely. I'm sure, I'm sure you have an IMDb page. So anybody uh, oh, yeah. you know, listening to this or watching this, uh, make sure to check out Lee's uh, IMDb page to see what yeah, he's up sure. to after this is see over. See what I'm up to. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, brother. Well, thank you so much, Lee, for uh, joining me. I really enjoyed it, my friend. And, you know, I best to you. Thanks thank for you. what you do of for course. the U.S. Coast Guard. I live on the beach. I really, I, I love my coasties. I'm in the water a lot. I live on the <laughs> beach, right? Nice. So, there's a big station right here near me, and uh, I live just uh, off like where a national park is, like islands, the Channel Islands National Park. So there's diving. So the Coast Guard's out yeah. there. They were the ones invested. That was where that boat uh, had the big fire with all the divers oh, inside. Oh, right. Wow. I'm yeah. charging the cell phones. Yeah. Too many yes. cell phone batteries. Yep. Yeah, I live in Woodlawn, Maryland, and uh, my, uh, my I'm uh, located in uh, my office is located in uh, Curtis Bay, um, which is uh, about maybe 20 minutes away from where I live. Yeah. Pretty cool. It's beautiful yeah. over there. It really is. It really is. I'm, I'm like maybe an hour and a half, two hours away from Ocean City, Maryland, which is really cool too. It always trips me out that Maryland only has like 10 miles of coastline. I know, like right? actual coastline, because it's all the bay. It's all Chesapeake. Yes, absolutely. It's a trip. My, you, my dad like, wants to come down here and visit me and uh, like go to see the Chesapeake Bay and all that as well. Beautiful. Yeah, so that would that would be nice. It would be nice and to. My mom's from Baltimore, so I know it well. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Yeah, nice. Well, I thank you, Lee, so much. It's been an thank honor. you, buddy. I really enjoyed it. Yep. You stay you safe too. out there. You do the same. Thank you so all right. much. All right, bye. Take care. Bye. You too. Bye.